Hey, Andy. Andy, shut up. I'm trying to talk to you. Andy, we're supposed to make a podcast episode. People's ears are bleeding, Andy. It's really, really terrible. You're harassing my personal freedom. Also, I think you might be running out of air. Should I call a doctor? He's saying yes, I will call a doctor. Podcast Yggdrasi. (laughs) (sighs) We're back. That was the thing. Oh, that intro took it out of me. (laughs) (sighs) So, truckers. Truckers. And Canadians not being polite. Are we really giving these pieces of shit more attention, Matthew? I mean, they're kind of doing the thing that we've been telling people to do. Yeah, they are. These mother trucker fuckers. I gotta say, man, I really didn't want to make an episode about these people. They aren't worth our time. However... (laughs) They are doing exactly what we would want people to do when unhappy with, you know, policies. As you could hear from Andy's noises. So here we are. The Canada truckers. Motherfuckers. Okay, Matthew. Why are we talking about these people? I mean, I asked you... Okay, let's start with this. What do they want? What what did they want? It's over by now, but... What did they want? I mean, I'm not really sure they knew. How did this start, Matthew? I mean, there were a bunch of truckers who were mad because... uh, Because why? Why? Some very regular COVID expectations at the border were held up. I mean, truckers in Canada, I mean, some of them, of course, go back and forth to the United States because of, you know, being having a border and all. And, you know, like many countries... If you cross the border without, you know, being able to show that you were vaccinated, uh, there was an expectation that you would be in quarantine. Yeah. And they did not like that because apparently that sucks for, you know, your work when you have to quarantine yourself while transporting goods, which I get. On the other hand, you know, if you don't want to get the vaccine, maybe, you know, constantly traveling across borders... Not really the thing yeah, to do. Maybe this is these are just the natural consequences of your actions or f- inaction. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, trucking is a difficult profession. I mean, it's a it's a demanding profession. They are out on the road for a long time, and yeah, they got to keep focused. You know, not to crash their trucks. It's a demanding profession, and they, I mean, I don't know what they're paid. Uh, but it's probably not enough. But you know what? When there's a vaccine man- mandate and vaccines are so easy to procure, so easy to get, uh, go f- fudge yourself, trucker. It's not that hard. Yeah, and I mean, I get the point of like, you know, oh, personal anatomy and we shouldn't force this on people, but... You know, when we got the second wave of COVID in Norway, the main reason we got it was because we opened our borders for, you know, having, you know, foreign workers basically coming in. And a lot of the, you know, the reasons why, you know, the, the, the virus getting back was, you know, 
people were coming from countries with you know high covid infection rate being sick going in and not being properly quor- in quarantine yeah and i mean this was before <clears throat> the vaccine but it shows why there is a reason for keeping you know self isolation in such a situation yeah it's not just some random ass restriction for fun there's a specific reason behind it. I mean, we talked about this when the second wave came. That, hey, why are we letting these people into the country? Not to sound Trumpian here, but <laughs> shouldn't we, like, build a wall or something? <laughs> or at least make them shower before they get here? It's not, it's not that hard, people. <laughs> I'm, I'm agitated right now. That intro took it out of me. I need to get some water. Talk, Matthew. Ow! I hope the microphone picked that up. That was funny. No, and I mean, this demonstration kind of spiraled out of control, both in the sense of like its magnitude, but also in the sense that it became about more than just vaccines and quarantine, but in should we be able to have masks at all? You know, should we have a different government? It, you know, it turned out to have a sort of yellow west-esque you know quality to it but which also you know brings down a lot of problem with this kind of movement without having a clear goal because clear goals are way easier to rally people behind and overturning you know laws or changing things within the government instead of just like well we're mad at things we don't like and we think our government should resign because of it i agree you're now racist and Damn it! <laughs> Again? Yes. That's how racism goes. Ah, <clears throat> oh, fuck, that really hurts. <laughs> fuck. <sighs> so, yeah, that's basically how it turned from, you know, being about this to ending up being kind of an anti-government, anti... or Would you say anti-Covid or, like, you know, who, who are the people, like... Anti-vax movement, I guess. Yeah, maybe? I mean, the other anti-vax, because they were against the vaccine mandate and... And masks I mean, and... Yeah. Everything. It's these people again. And have you gone over, just for the uninitiated, what the deal is? Basically, a bunch of truckers occupied a city and for, what, 12 days or something? Basically, yeah. for about two weeks, they stayed in Ottawa. I think it was, yeah. I think it was Ottawa. And basically held, laid on their horns for two weeks. And they uh, say Canadians are polite. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, they weren't all Canadians. A bunch of Americans crossed the border and joined them, you know, to signal that they're supportive of the you message. Know, the anti-vax, the anti-government movements. Yeah. The MAGA folks. And they, they gave them a lot of money. Yeah. Like... Millions. <laughs> Indiegogo and a couple of the other crowdfunding sites had to basically ban them from being there. Yeah. And like some Christian funding site just kept going. So about these truckers. (laughs) I said I was agitated. Yes. It's not just because of the intro. Uh, Honestly, (laughs) I like I said, I didn't even want to make an episode on these people. But they are doing something that is societally necessary. Not them specifically, but the way they're doing it. 
Okay, there's no good way to phrase that. That sounded like shit. But basically, these people, they opposed a governmental mandate and they chose to protest it by making people uncomfortable. We've talked before about, you know, protesting. We talked about, you know, George Floyd and the BLM riots, the demonstrations, all that shit. And, you know, January 6th, the insurrection. Uh, and we've talked about, you know, the way you protest something and the response it gets. And, you know, there's the, you know, here in Norway, we have a proud tradition of, you know, gathering in the square and holding up some posters and listening to a few people talk into a microphone uh, when we demonstrate and protest something. Uh, but if you want to force change on a society... you got to be a bit more Parisian about it. Like, bring this French spirit. Yeah, because the thing is, these are... I despise these people. I want to see them all fall off a cliff and f into a fire. Or down a... I want to push them down a dirty well. However, they are doing something I feel is important. I don't support their cause, but their methods are... <sighs> this is hard, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these, these fucking morons. But seriously, the way they're going about it. Everyone hates these people. I mean, and naturally, they've been, sound, they've been giving hearing damage to all the people in Ottawa for two weeks. It's a fucking awful thing to do. Uh, and, yeah, I despise these people. But, if, if you want something to change, these are the kinds of methods you need to employ. Unless you want, you know, violently overtake a government, which... You mean a political action? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean a legitimate political expression in the form of an insurrection. Fucking GOP, Republicans. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, Matthew, let's get to the heart of this. Uh, why we're talking about it. Because at least in our private conversations, we talked a lot about, you know, how to effectively protest something. Because as nice as it seems, you know, gathering in the square, talking into a microphone, hugging each other, holding up a few posters. Then going home. Yeah, it's not effective when it comes to the big stuff. If you want to do big changes to a society, you need to make people uncomfortable. Blocking roads, uh, disrupting certain services, these are the kinds Screaming of things... Screaming through the entire intro. Yeah. <laughs> these are the kinds of things you need to do. Because unless people are uncomfortable, change will not happen. At least when it comes to the big stuff. Uh, so, these truckers, we hate them, I despise them, I'm plotting their downfall. I hope they all stub their toes on Legos. But their methods are admirable, in a way. Yeah, it's... What's the deal? Why do we feel this way, Matthew? I mean, it's never fun when the, the far right use the methods you wish that your group was using or the, the, that you had popular support behind. Yeah. Um, I mean, I said when it was gone that they have been giving, uh, you know, very much a Yellow West vibe uh, yeah. in, in the, the terms of demonstration. and Like, that, like they had in uh, France. Or France? Belgium? 
It was in France, but it yeah. spread in several spread, other places. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, to put it simply, you know, you don't change things by being nice. You, the, the blockades they put down, you know, cost the government there. We're talking million upon millions of. I mean, there. I mean, there are probably billions of dollars lost yeah. in this because roads were blocked, bridges were blocked, tons of merchant uh, wares, you know, merchandise and services were disrupted for weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I saw a spreadsheet, you know, of <laughs> the the kind of traffic that moves and the value that moves across one of those bridges. And it was insane how much money was in there. So these people holding up these roads and these bridges uh, and this traffic, it's a serious hit financially to certain companies. And yeah, I've been having a really difficult time, as you can, as you can all hear. I'm having a difficult time dealing with this because uh, I don't support these people. And, you know, just... Seeing the seeing the videos of you know people in their apartments just trying to sleep, and having to sleep through that fucking ruckus outside, he, getting hearing damage just from being in their homes, uh, and they are so obnoxious. They are such assholes. All of these people, they're so terrible. And yeah, and I wish nothing good on them. Yet I have to respect their methods. It's a very difficult situation for me and my puny mind to find myself in. So how do we as a society deal with this? Because in response to these protests, this occupation, uh, there have been calls for you know legislation to stop this from ever happening again. And by all means, uh, if this had been some other purpose, if this had been you know some some more left-wing purpose there. Uh, workers' rights, for example. If that's what these people were protesting, occupying for, I'm guessing we would have seen machine guns and... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one important thing to say here is that... The, that would not have been allowed to... The Ottawa cops... Go the way it was. ...were really, really Lenient. soft with these people. Yeah. And I mean, it's been speculated that, like, you know, there's probably been more cops backing up these people... Than there's been cops on duty. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, leads this... And, and you know, that's probably why this was happening. You know, the the chief of police ended up resigning in all of this. Uh, you know, not taking action. And, you know, Canada has this... Uh, I mean, almost American-esque system that, you know, the government can't just, you know, send their people down there without being asked by the local authorities. So, and... That's why they they ended up in this standstill before they declared a state of emergency to deal with this, which opened up some scary thoughts because you know the reason they would hit them. I mean, they could have sent in people to get them out, uh, even though at that point most people had started leaving, but the Canadian government actually has the opportunity to go after you financially if you're disrupting them financially. Which is a scary thing, considering that could be used against any form of, uh, you know... Protest. Yeah. Yeah, because what if these people were protesting, you know, something useful for humanity, such as human rights abuses, or workers' mm. rights, or, 
discrimination, something, you know, decent. How would we want the reaction to that to be? And I guess it's, I guess it's called the paradox of tolerance. Yeah. Uh, because in a tolerant society, certain people will call for, you know, tolerance towards... The intolerance. The in, yeah, you c- tolerance towards intolerance. But you can't tolerate intolerance. You just can't. So h- how, do you, how do you deal with this as a society? Do we just accept it? You know, people occupying a city and destroying people's hearings and sanities for weeks? Are we supposed to let them? Are we supposed to fight them? Are we? I mean, I have to be honest with you. Even though I, you know, support these kinds of measures, I really wanted someone to just toss a Molotov cocktail on those fucking trucks and burn them to the ground. Or, yeah, if someone had just opened fire on those truckers, I wouldn't feel bad for them at all. But if if they weren't there for that purpose, if they were there for something else, something I admired, I would be outraged by that reaction, which is pretty hypocritical of me. So how are we supposed to feel about this? And how are we supposed to deal with this? I mean, it, it once again brings up the question of how we know uh, authority reacts when right-wing demonstrates as opposed to when, you know, left-wing uh, thing tend to happen. Yeah, but I'm not just talking authority i'm talking you know us the regular people because i gotta be honest with you if this was happening in oslo in norway uh, i mean it's easy to say this now on mic but i'm pretty sure i'd be going down there and you know trying to hurt these demonstrations some in some way yeah if if uh, if those horns were blaring up here where we live i would be going down there with the intent to do something about Turn it. Turn down the volume. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, no, but I, I mean, I think that's kind of what you have to do. Like when, when Nazis come around or like, you know, similar far right groups, uh, the natural, you know, implication is, you know, out demonstrate them. Uh, and I feel like you kind of have to do that uh, in a similar way. Or, I mean, these people were probably crazy. So we should have be careful to deal with them. But, you know, destroying their horns or something would have been, you know, a natural uh, way to get sleep. Yeah, I, I guess maybe that's the the way this needs to be dealt with. Not from... Not from an... Blocking o- them from getting to any gas station. Yeah. But maybe we just gotta let the people resolve this. I, I don't know, man. I don't have the answer to yeah, this. But, but I don't want the government to stop you from doing these kinds of things. Because when we need it for our purpose, I want this these means to be yeah. available to us. I think this is the point where we, we need to demand the people to be active enough to deal with the situation themselves. Yeah, but, but then again, this seems like an easy breeding ground for you know conflict and violence. And then you gotta ask yourself, is that just how it's gotta be? Do we just gotta accept that sometimes things will end in violence because I think it's incredible that people held out for two weeks during this occupation and didn't turn to violence. I would not 
BS uh, I tolerance. Have, I should have saved my joke about Canadian politeness until <laughs> this point. I mean, holy hell, man. If you've seen the, seen the videos, you have to turn the volume down. And I, yeah, I, 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 I played a video that was like 30 seconds of someone just filming out their window. I had to turn it off after 10 seconds. And that was here in the, that was over the internet. Imagine being there. But yeah, so maybe it's just gotta be like that. You gotta let the people figure it out in the streets. But what happens then when someone turns to violence? I guess I guess the authorities has to just wait and when things turn violent, they go in, maybe? Yeah, or at least, you know, try to disperse the violent elements. Yeah. Then there's the thing, you know, what if the people protesting are a, you know, market minority? Let's say it's a small group of people committing to these kinds of protests and demonstrations. Are we just going to let the majority run over them, you know, in the streets? I mean, Is that right? Like, It was kind of that that was the situation here. They did not have popular support. No. And yet they were able to do this. Yeah, but if people, let's say people had set fire to those trucks, would that be right? Like, or acceptable at least? I mean, I think that would qualify as, you know, things turning violent, as you said. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's, a uh, yeah, it's hard to wrap my head around how I feel about it, because, like I said, these people are assholes. Terrible people. I don't support their, their cause. But... That's not that's not the way you you can't think that way when when you're gonna when you when you judge these methods in a in a general sense like yeah is it okay to do this is the question is it is it Matthew is it okay to do what they did I mean should it be <laughs> ha, okay is a relative term but you know how else would you get change you don't get change by you know writing a petition and sending it to your local government you don't get changed by you know standing in the streets yelling a slogan a couple of times and then dispersing and going home mm. change requires pressure it requires uncomfort and things that force a change like though i mean we had a politician resigning from you know the current administration today and the only reason why that happened is because over several days there's been pressure from the media, there's been pressure from the unions, there's been, you know, things tearing her down and that leading to, you know, other things about her case coming out. And at some point it's like, you know, it's not worth to keep going. Hmm. And she's backing out mainly because she wants to have a future later on in politics. And, but, you know, the point is, is... Also, because she knows she broke the law and resigning now during an invasion, during a war in Ukraine, probably the good time to do it. Yeah, but, you know, it, it comes down to the fact that, you know, if that pressure is not there... Like, we, has, we have fallen for the very insulting thing of viewing, you know, Martin Luther King and Gandhi and those people and, you know, the, the golden age of non-violent protest as something that essentially means that we have to be you know respectable and polite and polite and inconvenient when we're making our points heard but 
you know, that was not the case. All the people who, you know, these days talking about how, you know, yeah, BLM says they're nonviolent and, you know, but every time there's, you know, fires and, you know, fighting and, you know, all this kind of thing. That was the rhetoric back then. That's how they were labeled. And the reason why they worked was because they brought a lot of uncomfortment. They they brought things out of the mm, light. Discomfort. Uh, that, you know, were hard to, you know, violence occurred, even though there was mainly them being attacked by, you know, racist people in the South. Because when they demonstrated, they didn't, you know, just casually go a place they were allowed to go. They go went where they knew there would be problems. Uh, you know, the same way that, you know, sometimes the gay parade decides to go down the street that has the most homophobia to make a point. Mm. And, you know, that's kind of the way you have to do it. You, you got to send all those. And we're back with adjusted sound settings. <laughs> yeah. Seems to be good now. We were talking about, uh, you know, discomfort yes. and how that's a necessity when it comes to, you know, these kinds of demonstrations. I guess I, I was going to say, I guess it's just, it goes to show how drilled into our minds it is that prote protesting done right is protesting done entirely peacefully. Yeah, and it's because that's protest that doesn't affect those in power. Yeah. So, yeah, because, I mean, personally, I, I consider myself pretty radical politically uh, and a proponent for, you know, drastic measures when necessary. Yet, yeah, I mean, just listen to the last 25 minutes of this, of this episode. It's hard for me to wrap my head around how to deal with this. And so, yeah. I guess it just goes to show how drilled into our minds it is that if you're going to protest something, you have to do it peacefully. And maybe that's just a mindset we have to kind of discard and rid ourselves of. I mean, it would be really great if peaceful protest, you know, had an effect. But at some point you need to, you know, look at the results you're getting and question, is this course of action the thing that will lead to change? Hmm. And for the people, because not every move, no movement has the support of everyone. So you'll always have parts of the population who oppose the movement. I mean, take this for example. It's a very vocal minority doing this, uh, the trucker occupation. Uh, and I guess it falls it on is. the rest of us to keep ourselves in check and yeah yeah it's hard i mean i think that the natural the natural reaction is to demonstrate against them yeah and you know maybe in a show of force they go home because they realize they're not as like i think a, a big thing that gave them so much confidence was all the support they got from you know similar places on the internet and you know when you get a shit ton of money it's easy to do this kind of demonstration and keep on going. Yeah, true. And, you know, that was the scary thing when I realized that basically, you know, the the way the Canadian government could act when it went into emergency mode was basically cutting off people from banks and basically also like, you know, cutting off their family and, you know, friends if they were connected in those ways because... 
they could technically be helping them. Which, uh, which is scary, like, if your union were to go on strike and suddenly, you know, your bank account stops working, mm. it's hard to keep going on that strike. Yeah. It was the same way, you know, Thatcher killed the unions back in the day. The takeaway from this, I guess, is that we need an engaged populace. Yes. Because, like you said, uh, these people, I mean, these people are assholes. And the way to stop them without, you know, resorting to, without degrading this into just a brawl in the streets and people dying is for the people who disagree with them, us, to show up and voice our disagreements and drown them out. So we need to be more engaged, every one of us. And yeah, I guess we have to chalk this down to a reminder of that. Even though they're assholes. <sighs> okay. Assholes are hard to deal with, but... Yes, because they're everywhere. We all have one. <laughs> Anything else about these trucker fuckers? It's over now, right? They've yeah, left Ottawa. <laughs> we're, we're, we're behind on this. We're sidelined about other stuff, but I, I think the secret is how can you do things like this in ways that get more popular support? Hmm. Uh, because even if your cause was good, you know, Doing the blockade is probably going to get support, but keeping everybody awake at night. Yeah, I mean, they could have made it, made this a lot easier on themselves by, uh, you know, stopping the traffic and, yeah, letting people sleep. That, yeah, you have to strike the balance between making people uncomfortable and making people insane. <laughs> and I think, yeah, people losing their sleep... Uh, I mean, if you've met my girlfriend on a bad on a on a day of bad sleep, <laughs> whew, it's not a nice time. People get cranky when they don't sleep, Matthew. Hey, I'm doing this podcast on bad sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let people have their sleep. Yeah, this was a fucking lesson for me, man. Hard to swallow pill. I really don't like these people, but I gotta respect their methods. Yeah bastards and uh, i mean it's not so many people that have shut down the governments no uh, yeah so ugh. here's to you fuckers here's to you